Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? Bro, I am fresh off a trip to Washington, D.C. You stay in D.C. Again. Dan, I don't know, weren't you just there? I love D.C. Love, love, love it. The weather was beautiful. Yeah. Monday night, met up with uh, one of our newest additions. She's a producing sales manager. Uh, name's Nicole. Nicole drove an hour. Catherine, who's also uh, one of my my key members of my team when it comes to growth and development. She lives an hour north of D.C. Nicole lives an hour south of D.C. I was in D.C. So I was like, hey, look, it's blue crab season. I love to pick and eat blue crabs. They're like, so do we. I'm like, I love beer. They said, so do we. So we met up Monday night. We had some blue crabs. We had some beer. And then I had the second installment of my future leaders course, which is mm. offered the Mortgage Bankers Association. I highly recommend it for anyone who has five plus years of mortgage experience, mm-hmm. who is in a leadership position or is striving to be in a leadership position within their organization. You should check it out. It is well worth the price of admission. Mm. It's not the easiest thing to get into. So you might not necessarily be accepted the first time you apply. Don't worry about it. Keep chugging along. Keep adding to that resume, and uh, eventually you will want to take part in this if you care about leadership and career growth. Mm-hmm. So I was up there for my second installment. So we did meetings on Tuesday, new meetings on Wednesday. What I want to talk about today mm-hmm. is Thursday. Okay. Because Thursday was a phenomenal field trip to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. Do you know what happened in Gettysburg in 1863, John? The Gatling gun was introduced. Mm, don't think so. I think the Gatlin gun possibly came after wow, 63. you know your history. Possibly. You know your history. Because it wasn't used in the Battle of Gettysburg, yeah. which is a pivotal moment of the Civil War. Okay. Do you remember who the president was, John, during the Civil War? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States of America. Yeah. Yes, he hails from the state of? Pennsylvania. Illinois. Close enough. Eh. Maybe, maybe not. It depends. I mean, close is relative if we're looking at the whole world. Right. Close is relative if we're looking at the United States as today. Right. The United States in 1863, Illinois was not close. Much different. It was much different. Okay. Yep. Although we were in California by then, so maybe it was still close. Right. Nope. Um, but yeah, it's it's a famous battle. Okay. It's also a famous address that was given by that same 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. It's mm-hmm. called the... Gettysburg Address. Yes, four score and seven years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's really cool about the battle of Gettysburg, I didn't know really a lot of this until recently, Okay. right? So they had us read this book that's on the table today called killer angels. That was in preparation for the third day of our leadership summit, which was a field trip. It's an hour and a half drive from Washington, DC up to Gettysburg. Okay. It's an hour and a half drive back. The drive back wasn't bad at all because we stopped by the liquor store. Party bus. Party bus. Yep. Um, and I was with like. 32 other phenomenal mortgage professionals. So today's episode, I want to talk about some of the lessons learned of the Battle of Gettysburg. Why it was important for a mortgage industry Mm -hmm. leadership group to take a field trip. Mm -hmm. It's so important that I believe every military academy in the United States, at some point, their cadets learn Mm -hmm. and visit the Battle of Gettysburg. And they visit Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which is a legit city with college, a seminary, all of that good stuff. Um, But just some cool life lessons and business lessons that were tied in. Nice. Yeah, but before I get into that, 
Dude, how cool is it that like we are going to be in Vegas in September? Shout out Vegas in September for the Mastermind 2020. Yeah, 2022. I mean, 2022. 2020 didn't happen due to COVID. 2021 didn't happen due to COVID. But this was always one of my favorite mortgage events to attend, or all of the mortgage events I've attended. It's one of my favorites. Nice. I attended one in New Jersey, actually Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Smolin, my business partner, has attended two of them in in um, Las Vegas, but you and I are going to be there yes. representing TLOP. Yes. And Stephen Marshall has given us a time slot during lunch. Incredible. It's going to be you and I on stage. Mm-hmm. I think the room, which is like one of the most badass rooms at the Palms. He's been hyping it up. Yeah, he has been hyping up this room. We are going to have lunch provided to us, mm-hmm. provi- which means if you attend Mastermind and you attend John and I's session, lunch is provided for you. Yes, sir. Yes. Thanks to Jungo. Our friends over at yeah, Jungo. Shout out Jungo. Yes, shout out to Jungo. Um, and it's interesting because you know, you and I don't do a whole lot with ads and sponsors, <laughs> no, right? Kind of not really our thing, but we do talk about and promote things that we believe in. Mm-hmm. And Jungo is one of those companies that, like, look, my two business partners and I run a billion dollar region mm-hmm. where we are purchase focused, we are realtor referred, and we are database heavy. Jungo has been our CRM for the past four, maybe going on five years. That means we have 65 plus users where we run everything from lead tracking all the way to post-closing and everything in between utilizing Jungo. So it was a perfect match that reached out to Greg. Hey, would you be interested? Greg's like, yeah, I'd love to buy 200 of your friend's lunch as long as you give me an opportunity to come on stage. Sure. And I said, Greg, no one shares a stage with Dio and JC. <laughs> I said, but if you don't mind, I am a super user. I'm a big fan of what y'all do. Yeah. And I will wholeheartedly yeah. talk up your product because I'm a believer in it. That's why I use it. If yeah. the product sucked, I wouldn't use it. Facts. Right? So Greg's going to be out there. Greg's gonna. We're going to help Greg get a couple um, passes nice. so that, that he and some, uh, some of his colleagues can attend. You and I are going to be there yeah. attending the event. It is in September. If y'all want to know more about the event, mm-hmm. It's called Mortgage Mastermind Summit or Mastermind Summit. Um, I'm calling it Mastermind 2022. Uh, But JC and Dennis have done a great job on the website where if you go to tloponline.com, theloanofficerpodcast.com or Mm -hmm. tloponline.com, they added a new section on the homepage right to the right. It talks about upcoming events, right? So you're talking about the um, LO Coaching Blitz Mm -hmm. that kicks off next Monday. Yep. Monday. I know. <laughs> um, and well, I, hold on. Let's throw out some dates here. Yeah. June 20th. Yeah, right. Yeah, I always forget this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's not a live yeah, event. Monday. Uh-oh. And it has a shelf life. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can you imagine two years from someone's well, like, hey, Monday. Hey, when, when is, yeah. yeah, when's that? <laughs> June 20th, 2022. All right. Okay. We have to, have to start time stamping <laughs> yeah. some things. Um, you have thrown a link yeah. to Mastermind 2022. Yeah. And um, we're also going to start talking about TLOP Live in February. Yeah. Yeah, our own live event. Yeah. But we want you all to come out to Mastermind first. We yes. want to see you out there. Yeah. Right? Because, look, if not enough of you all show up, we probably won't even do <laughs> live. Well, we'll We're do like, it. Hey, hey, yeah. But, no, it, it's going to be cool. I'm happy that Steven's given us this opportunity. Thank you, Steven. And our, our thought is we're going to do anything goes, no holds bar, town hall meeting. Yep. Town hall, come with your questions. Come hang out. Maybe you just want to learn about JC's favorite color. Come yeah. ask him that question. Let's hang out. Get a picture. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, nonetheless, enjoy a free lunch by Jungo. 
Let's go. Let's go. Isn't that uh, cool, John? That's awesome. I was. Who would have thought like 30 months ago when I was interviewing you, <laughs> I was like, hey, do you know how to do a podcast? Yeah, sure. I think I had two mics and a camera, right? And now we're talking about sponsorships. It's awesome. Yeah, you didn't even know how to do a podcast. I, I, did well, you lie to me or did you just tell me enough? Enough. Yeah. I know I'll, I'll get it done. I'll figure it out. That was the, that was the proper answer. That is honestly the right answer with me in most things. <laughs> like just because look, there's whether well, it's two people or 20 people. Sometimes I've been like, hey, there's 20 people in this room. Yeah. We're all smart. We're all educated. We're all experienced. Somebody figure it out. Somebody's going to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. But you know who has two thumbs and it's not somebody? This guy. This guy. <laughs> yeah. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you all 19 battle off who gets <laughs> yeah. to do it. Okay. All right. But no, let's um let's jump into today's episode. Yeah. Because it's a little bit of a recap, right? It is. It's a little bit of a recap of why I was super excited about my last week mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. Why I felt like this trip to Gettysburg, which you're thinking it's a freaking Civil War so battleground, yeah, what but what are some life lessons and some business lessons we can learn? Well, you know, there's a reason why the NBA took us up there, because there is a company who provides, if you ever want to go through a true one or two day leadership course where they tie in the battle and life lessons and leadership mm-hmm. lessons, they, 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 they provide that. Um, Guy's last name was Wiley. I can't remember his first name. I wish I could because I would uh, I, I would recommend them. You know what? I might have a little piece of paper I have right here. I even give you all the company in case you want to look into it. It's called the Lincoln Leadership Institute hmm. at Gettysburg. And uh, so Lincoln Leadership Institute is we went up there for a one-day event with them. Nice. And I think I'm going to ask you to title this particular episode something about like vulnerability or like protecting your flank. Yeah. Because the lesson that was taught to us was the lesson of protecting your flank. Because I didn't know this going into this um, preparation, Mm -hmm. right? So the Battle of Gettysburg was basically, quick history lesson for (laughs) our non-history nerds, it was basically a battle fought over three days that, um, beginning of July, by the way, 1863, I'm almost positive, and it was a battle over about 28 square miles, like seven miles by four miles. Okay. And at the time, the Union Army, the North, was 8 and one in battle. 8 and one. Lost z- one zero, <laughs> lost eight, and tied one. Okay. And this was at a time that the Union had more men, had more money, had better training and better equipment. The hell? And they were getting their asses handed to them. Hmm. So... General Lee has now made his way from below the Mason-Dixon line in the south, think the Potomac, think Virginia, and was making his way through Maryland around into Pennsylvania where they were hugging the mountain range. Mm -hmm. You hug a mountain range because it protects your flank. Okay, he was protecting his flank because the mountains created a a natural barrier, right? Right. No one was going to come to the mountains to attack you. So you only had to worry about three sides, not all four sides. Mm -hmm. And he was noticing that, wait a minute, my regiments and my troops and all of my generals were kind of getting too spread out. So let's collectively come back together, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're better in a group than you are spread out. Mm -hmm. That's where the whole, like, I'm stretched too thin comes from. Don't stretch too thin, right? So I was like, well, why Gettysburg? Town of 2,500 people, but it's not really on a major waterway or has a whole lot of like import export going on Mm -hmm. and it had everything to do with there was 10 roads or nine roads that all led to Gettysburg. So if you're trying to get 
the whole crew back together. Like, think about us trying to get, you know, your friend in Fort Lauderdale, your friend uh, in Tampa, your friend in Atlanta. You all might pick Orlando because right. it's easy to get to and it's kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, that was like, hey, look, there's like nine or ten roads that all go to Gettysburg. Let's all go there. Let's regroup and figure out what we're going to do next because obviously – the South is feeling good about themselves after winning eight battles. Now they're like, screw this. We're going to go into the North, and we're going to start wrecking some shit. Right. Then we might go into D.C. and take over the place. Gotcha. Well, the North, they knew what they were doing. They had their scouts out, right? Their scouts were on, on horseback. That's usually what cavalry people did, yeah. right? They were out scouting. And they're like, hey, look, Lee is moving to the North. He's moving to the North through Maryland, up through Frederick, into Pennsylvania, hugging the mountain range. And they're like, well, where would he go? Oh, he'd probably go to Gettysburg. Because that's where I would go if mm-hmm. I was going up that direction. It's a great way to. So then the North started going to Gettysburg as well. Okay. Hence, why the battle happened in Gettysburg. Because okay. I've always wondered that. Okay. And it was a very pivotal moment because, spoiler alert, the North wins mm-hmm. the yeah. war. Yeah. There at some point has to be a turning point in the war. Gettysburg was the turning point. Okay. And there were some phenomenal lessons learned in this battle that are still taught today to obviously business professionals like my Mortgage Bankers Association class, as well as from what I understand, every cadet from every, and every is a strong word, Mm -hmm. from every US military school, West Point, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, et cetera, they study and even visit the Battle of Gettysburg. So um, there's lessons to be learned and the one major lesson that that stood out to me was protecting your left flank because there is a story about a lieutenant colonel by the name of lieutenant colonel chamberlain he was um from maine I believe his regiment was the 20th volunteer regiment from maine and he was given the orders to protect the left flank at all costs. At all costs. At all costs. Which, do you know what all costs means, John? No matter what it takes. Including your life. Your life, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You cannot let anybody in on this vulnerability. We are very susceptible and we are very vulnerable to our left flank. If we give it up, now the enemy is going to encircle us. Now they have our back. Now they're, they're fighting us from the front, mm-hmm. the side, and the back. We're screwed. You cannot let up of, of or give up yeah. your left flank. Well, what I want to talk about before we talk about the left flank is how did the Union Army get to a position where it was very important that they don't allow the enemy to take their left flank? Right. Well, they also have, they, they first have to give kudos to this guy. He was a cavalry uh, officer named John Buford. John Buford got to Gettysburg before most people got to Gettysburg. Why did he get there? Because he's cavalry. Do you know what cavalry means, John? Like a scout team. Nope. But what is cavalry? Do you know what that is? Cavalier, the base basketball team. Possibly. Horses. But horses. There God you go, it. John. There you go. Yeah. Cavalry rides horses. <laughs> right. Who's faster, men or horses? Horses. What about if the man's Usain Bolt? Horses. Horses, because Usain Bolt couldn't put you or me on his back and still run that fast for that long of a time. So you typically had your cavalry show up, but they're typically a lot less, right? Like there may have been 100,000 Union soldiers at the Battle of Gettysburg, but there's only Mm 20,000 horses. So you definitely have more. You have more men than you do horses. So you couldn't have 50,000 people or men show up to, to battle. So anyhow... He got there first. 
he understand and he looked around that he's like, wait a minute, there's lots of flat areas. There's a university there or a seminary actually. Mm -hmm. And then there's some high ground. It was called Little Round Hill. There's also Big Round Hill. And he had learned, whether it was at West Point or somewhere in his military training, I cannot recall, that having the proper position would give him an advantage or give his unit or his team or his company the advantage. So John Buford teaches all of us in business the importance of finding the high ground. And for us, it's finding the importance of which strategy is going to give us the best opportunity to succeed, not today, not tomorrow, but for the next three, five, or seven years. So for Buford and his men, he's like, okay, we don't have enough men currently in the field of battle because people were still eight or 18 miles away and they're still marching. They marched like 20, 30 miles a day, by the way. They were still marching in. By the way, you would march 20, 30 miles and then go fight for your life. What? Yeah, crazy, right? That was, that was the times back yeah. then. So anyhow, what he does is he goes, okay, well, I see behind me is the ground I want to be on. But if I try to take that ground today, there's no way I'm going to be able to hold it. Mm -hmm. So what I need to do is I need to ride my little pony up about mm -hmm. two miles. I need to dig in, get out my fancy guns, because John and his crew did have fancier guns than the, than the rebels did from, mm -hmm. from the south. And I need to just hold these guys off. From a, for a long enough period of time to allow my backup, my infantry to come in mm -hmm. so that we can take the high ground. Mm -hmm. In a business standpoint, what, what he was saying is I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit today so that long-term I can see my plan through fruition. Mm -hmm. And not just any plan, but the best plan. Okay, so protect the high ground. Mm -hmm. What he did is he went out and he engaged in the enemy he took some casualties, took some L's. Mm -hmm. By casualties, I mean people died. Yeah. And But what they were able to do is slow down the enemy who was also probably noticing, wait a minute, that's some phenomenal high ground. Mm -hmm. I should probably march towards it and see if I can take it over. Mm -hmm. So by Buford doing that, he did it long enough. He held off the enemy long enough that the rest of his team was able to now take the high ground. Mm -hmm. So now that you have the high ground, you had the entire Union Army concentrated in one geographic area. The whole team's together. Unity, togetherness, teamwork. Mm -hmm. If you and I had to make a change, is it easier to make a change when you and I are within one or two miles of each other by foot or 10 or 12 miles by foot? Yeah, one or two. Yeah, one or two, right? I kind of correlated this. Do I have a better culture when we're all working in the office together? Or do I have a better culture when Sally works from her home and Jim works from a different state and right. like they just something to think about, right? Learning from, from these lessons. So first we had to find the, the high ground. And again, what does that mean? Well, to me, from a business standpoint, finding the high ground is finding what I need to do and be focused on for success long-term, not just today. Cause Buford could have easily said, I don't want to die. My men don't want to <laughs> yeah. die. We're going to go to the high ground. Yeah. And eventually, they would have been safe for a day, two days, maybe even three days. But then eventually they would have had to yeah. probably get caught, killed anyhow, right? <laughs> or, you know what, I'm going to go out there and do all the things that I know it's going to take for me to win the war, not necessarily the battle. Mm -hmm. I hope that we survive long enough to see us win the battle. Okay. So we did that. So that's actually where we get like the term protect the high ground. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes from. In a year like we're having in 2022 in the mortgage loan origination business versus 2021, 
I would say protecting the high ground in 2021 would have been, I'm still calling on realtors, I'm still calling on builders, I'm purchase focused, I'm realtor referred. Mm -hmm. At some point, I had to sacrifice the low hanging fruit called refinances. At some point, I had to sacrifice working in an environment where my employer provided me leads if I wanted to survive to win the battle. Mm -hmm. But in order to do so, I would have had to have that vision. And if I didn't have that vision, then you know, I very well have been finding myself obsolete, deceased, killed in action, <laughs> yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So that was one of the lessons that I learned while being there. Like, not only did I learn the really cool story about this Calvary officer by the name of John Buford and what he and his team of cavalrymen did while they delayed the rebels from uh, engaging and 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 um, and taking ground, mm -hmm. but they were honestly sacrificing a short-term loss for a long-term win. I'm sacrificing by having to work a little bit harder, having to do some things that aren't fun, like cold calls, like uh, working open houses, right. like calling realtors I've never spoken to before and asking them to meet with me mm -hmm. so that I can eventually protect the high ground because where I wanna be is on top of that hill with all of my team around me, at which point I can fire down and I can control what's going on with the best point of communication. Right. So then the next guy that we learned about was Lieutenant Colonel Chamberlain from Maine that I've already talked about. And that's when he and his group, like you gotta think like this is, this is seven miles by four miles. A lot of it was open field a little bit woods. There were some peach uh, trees and some orchid areas. Mm -hmm. But um, Chamberlain was told, hey, you're going the left flank and you're going to do whatever you can at all costs to protect this. And I started thinking, well, what is our left flank? Right, in business in general. Like when we're all going to have a different left flank, we're going to have something that we're weak, someplace that we're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And what do we have to do to protect it? Like there's certain behaviors we have to do. Like we call those transactional behaviors or I was taught mm -hmm. they're transactional behaviors, like things like planning and budgeting and coordinating. Okay, like those are all things that we can sit down from a business planning standpoint and say, okay, well, where am I vulnerable and what do I need to be doing to get better? Maybe I'm vulnerable because I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, I yeah. just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to effectively run a loan officer business. All right, well, are you budgeting enough money to go towards investing in yourself? Are you coordinating and planning what your week, what your month, what your systems and processes should look like? Right, those are all things that, that you can do if you have realized that your flank is just not knowing what to do. Like maybe you know how to do a loan, maybe you're not afraid to pick up the phone, but you don't necessarily know what to say. Hmm. You don't know how to keep it organized. You haven't really figured out how to track that lead? How to follow up with the lead? How do I market to my database? What are some things that I should be doing? Mm -hmm. Right? If that's your vulnerability, then that is your left flank. If you're a mortgage company, maybe your, your left flank is, I don't have enough products to compete in this market. Maybe I don't offer a bank portfolio of products. So I'm getting my butt handed to me in the second home business, right? Because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac can pose these crazy ass LLPAs on second homes. Yeah. Now, if I worked for a lender that gave me access to a bank portfolio loan, the banks and their portfolio lending has not necessarily followed suit with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's LLPAs. 
So if my left flank is programmed and product related, if I'm running the company, then I need to figure out how to solve for that. Mm -hmm. If I'm working for the company, hmm. I need to figure out how to solve for that. <laughs> yeah. It may be this isn't the right company, especially if the other things don't line up. Like, well, they also don't support me. They also don't coach me. They also don't train me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the right product. So if you are a mortgage CEO and you don't have the right products, programs, support, you better go solve for that because that's your left flank. Yeah. And if you don't, then the enemy's gonna gonna take it from you. Yeah. So I think in life and in business, we all have to sit down and just figure out, well, what is our left flank? That's where we're most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then how do we fortify that? We know what, we're, what our strengths are, yeah. right? We know, hey, these are our strengths. Mm -hmm. We wanna accentuate strengths. Cool. Where are we vulnerable? We even know what our weaknesses are. Like we know our weaknesses. To me, weaknesses are a little bit different than vulnerabilities. How so? Um, I think a vulnerability is something that um, you don't necessarily see. It doesn't necessarily stand out, mm -hmm. right? Like um, it, it, it sometimes flies under the radar. Or like almost intangible, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah. like an Achilles heel. Yeah. If you go into, is that Greek mythology yeah. or Roman mythology? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if, if Achilles is Roman or Greek, yeah. but um, yeah. So that, that, that vulnerability, I think, is, is a soft sure. spot. What do you think, what are some vulnerabilities you would say newer loan originators run into, uh, juxtaposition older, more experienced loan originators run into? What do you think some of their? Newer loan originators think that's not going to be me. That's a vulnerability. Like a weakness is I don't have a big database of referral sources. A weakness is I'm not the best technician because I haven't closed my 100 or 200 loans. Okay, cool, right? A strength may be for those lo lo newer loan originators, a strength may very well be, I grew up in the area, my previous career opportunity, I have a past client database that I can market to, uh, my mom's a realtor, my dad's a home builder, like mm -hmm. those are some strengths coming into it. Mm -hmm. But the vulnerability is, the thought that I listened to JC and Dio, and they told me it takes two years, and Dio's always preaching, it's a marathon, not a sprint, it takes two years. But in their mind, they're special. And they are special. By the way, each and every one of you that, that says, I wanna be 100% commission, I wanna be an entrepreneur, I wanna open my own business, you're special. In every wrong, weird, great, amazing way, mm -hmm. you're special, because not many people would do that. Um, but you're not so special that you're going to buck the trend, right? Like, no, follow the patterns. Don't follow the stories. Like, I love Mike Williams. We've done two episodes of Mike Williams. One, because he was trying to teach us all how to buy a car better. <laughs> Shout out Mike Williams. And then one, because Homeboy threw up like $24 million in his first 12 months in the business. Whoa. But I don't like telling Mike Williams stories because I think it gives false hopes. Mm -hmm. I think it plays into people's vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. I think if, if I tell you, based on my 18 plus years experience, myself being a rookie LO, myself helping onboard 36 plus rookie LOs over the past decade, it's gonna take you two years. It's two years of waking up every single day and doing exactly as we talk about on these episodes. Mm -hmm. So that would be a vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think if you are a seasoned originator, especially in a year like 2022, like this year, I will continue to say it'll bring great opportunities, but with those great opportunities, it's gonna bring a lot of headache and heartache and stress, and it's not gonna be easy. But 
if it's too easy, it's sometimes not worth it. This is a worth it. This is a moment where it's worth it. So the seasoned people where they're vulnerable is they don't think they either have it in them or they think it's beneath them to do what the rookies are doing. Mm. I love watching the rookies do what they're doing because they have their blinders on. They don't know any different. Is this a good market, a bad market, an easy market, a hard market? I yes, don't, don't know, doesn't matter. Who cares? Let's go. Still making my calls. I'm still making my calls because you told me to. Yeah. And those guys and girls are throwing up. I mean, Mike Williams threw up $6 million, which was like 18 units funded, right? We have Travus and we have Troy and we have Jimmy. Million, two million, three million dollar months. These guys have less than a year or two in the business. Purchase focused, realtor referred. So I think the more seasoned originators, their vulnerability is kind of that twofold. It's either beneath them to go out and do what it takes, or they don't feel like they have it in them. And I'm like, you don't have it in you? Like, it's just that's a rhetorical question. It's 90 to 120 days. Like I was, I always say, like you can do anything for ninety to one hundred twenty days. If I said, John, you can't eat meat for the next one hundred days, yeah, I can make that. you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. If I said, John, you can't have another steak the rest of your life, yeah, it might be able, ah, maybe more a little bit more difficult. John, you can't drink another beer for a hundred days. Uh, what's the payout on that? You can still smoke weed, John. Thank you. About. Okay, that's what I was gonna. Yeah, that's you what. can still smoke <laughs> weed, but but you cannot have okay, a beer. Okay, yeah, I could do that. Hundred days, yeah. Yeah. Rest of your life? Mm, nah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You love your Heineken yeah. way too much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the same thing applies. Like, I would ask a seasoned veteran, can you go do this for 100 days? I'm not asking you to do it for 100 years or even But you already did that. That's why I got to my spot. You, oh, yeah. Come on, I'm done. I was... But And then, um, you know, just to, to, to kind of put a, a, a capstone on this whole experience of being in Gettysburg. And by the way, the book that's on the table, if you're watching on YouTube, if you don't watch this on YouTube, but you love what we do, we do me a huge favor. Take a moment, go into YouTube. Even if you don't have a YouTube account, it takes you like a minute or two to create a YouTube account. Go to the loanofficerpodcast.com and just subscribe. Just sub. We're like 240 or 250 people away from hitting 10K. My kids will think I'm the coolest dad ever (laughs) if we have 10K. JC will be happy because I'll shut up. No, because then I'll go to 30K. It will go, but it won't be 10. (laughs) I will change it. Right. Yeah, that 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 goalpost moves, John. Yeah, it's it's like playing one of those weird Uh, Nintendo games back from the the late 80s. Right. But there is a um a movie. If you're not into reading books, the movie's four and a half hours long. I think the book would take you maybe eight hours to read. But the movie's four and a half hours long. I've not watched the movie, but I plan on watching it. Okay. Yeah, it has some like some A-list actors that are actually in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of maybe pick up what I'm putting down once you put two and two together watching the movie and maybe listening or watching this podcast. Um, but it, it, I mentioned some transactional behaviors that were taught to me that that were, you know, when people are trying to figure out, well, how do I fortify or protect my left flank? Mm-hmm. What are some things I need to do? Well, first, you need to acknowledge what it is. Then you need to plan for it, organize around it, and coordinate. Right, that's just a very transactional thing you have to do. But when you're leading, you could be leading a team of one, you'd be leading a team of five, or a company of thousands. But when when you're leading, you have to ask yourself, am I role modeling it? Right. So in the in the story, this by the way, this is true facts, it's history. Mm-hmm. But you talked about Lieutenant Colonel Chamberlain. He was on the front lines with his boys when he said fix bayonets. And they charged down the hill, chasing the rebels back down the mountain. Like he did that. He wasn't just, you know, sitting up on <laughs> some 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 high perch yelling it down. No, he was modeling the, the behavior that he wanted. That's why I always ask of branch managers. 
Do you model the behavior that you ask of your loan officers or loan officers that have loan partners? Do you model the behavior that, that you expect out of them? Mm -hmm. Are you communicating effectively, right? When we look at what our vulnerabilities are, that left flank, like we have to make sure that we are communicating to all parties involved. Communicating could be talking to your spouse. Hey, honey, let me talk to you about this awesome opportunity that 2022 is going to give my industry. Let me also let you know all the potential red flags and pitfalls and why this market is going to bring some challenges that we have never seen before. But if you can bear with me and you can understand why it's important for me to go work these open houses for three hours on Saturday or why it's important that I went to that networking function from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and I came home late or why it's important that I make myself available nights and weekends, I promise you mm -hmm. at the end of this, those open houses will be reduced. Making myself available nights and weekends will be lessened and that there is a end to the means, but this is what I have to do right now, right? Effective communicating can start at the most basic level or it could be you sitting down with your team and inspiring them by painting the vision mm -hmm of not just what you need to do today to survive, but how you two are gonna take the high ground so that you can thrive in 2023, 2024, 2025. The good news for us is housing is still something that the market is bullish on. There are still more people who wanna buy houses than are homes available. So that is still working in our favor. As long as people want housing, we're there. The reason why we teach and preach purchase focused, mm -hmm. realtor builder approved is because back into a builder Referred, referred. Yes. Um, back in 2004, when I was taught the business in 2022, when I'm still, when I'm teaching the business, I will teach you people will buy houses, whether rates are 3% or 13% because people get married, they get divorced, they have babies, they get new jobs. They, they transfer, they downsize, they make enough money that they want to buy that vacation home, or they want to diversify their portfolio. Therefore they want to buy an investment property. Those things are going to happen whether rates are 3% or 13%. They're 6% right now. Holy shit, I said that. Damn. Like, they weren't 6% two days ago, John. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Two days ago, but the market has absolutely just been obliterated. And we've seen bond prices drop by over 150, almost 200 basis points in two days. Right? If you listen to one of our most recent episodes, yeah. you would know that for every 100 basis points, it's about a quarter percent in rate. So as that bond price came down by 100, that rate went up a quarter. That bond price came, went down another 100, that rate went up another quarter. Mm. So if we were at five and a half, three business days ago, and we've seen the bond prices drop 100 and 100 again, then that means rate shot up a quarter, then another quarter. Well, where mm. I come from, five and a half plus a half is six. Damn. That's where we are. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then living by your values. Like, you know, those are just things that in general, um, when someone is trying to protect their flank and their vulnerabilities, they also have to, have to double check what are their values at your core? Who are you as a person? Mm. Are you trustworthy? Are you dependable? Are you that guy or that girl who gets up every morning, puts on the uniform and comes to work? Are you self-reflective, right? Or are you that type of person where when something goes sideways and, and it's me talking to John, I'm like, oh, John, you should be better. When something goes sideways and it's on me, it's the situation's fault. Oh, that's not my fault. Either. Oh, man, yeah, but uh, the market. Yeah. Yeah. What? Th those are values, right. right? Are you holding yourself accountable to the same thing you hold others accountable? Or is it always exterior issues why you don't succeed, but, it's, but you're fine putting the onus of non-success on that person due to lack of effort? Right. 
So I think those are things that they were taught. Was it was fun. a cool experience. All that from a field trip. All that from a field trip. Nice. Capped off with a bottle of sangria. Good for you, Dio. Yeah, 75 Hard is behind me, John. Oh, that is, thank you. 75 Hard is now over for D.O. How do you feel, sir? Um, Underwhelmed? Yeah, underwhelmed third time through. Yeah. Here's what I can tell anyone who thinks they want to do it. If you've never done it, you should do it. It was transformational for me. It transformed me for the better, period, end of story. Now it's just your lifestyle. It became a lifestyle. I learned 75 Hard 3.0 is my third time <laughs> doing it. It became 75 annoying. And what I learned was the power of doing it the first time because it was a lot easier than it was a lot easier because I had incorporated 65% of the first time through. I'd stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And um, like, look, when I'm not on 75 hard, I don't read as much as I should. And I sure as heck drink more than I should. <laughs> right. Those are things that going forward, I'm going to make a pack. I'm going to read as consistently. I might not read 10 pages a night i read 70 pages a week mm. that'll allow me to get 40 in on a sunday but yeah. maybe only you know yeah. 20 on a monday and 10 on a right. thursday right and i do continuously try to drink less mm. like that isn't going to be an ongoing part of who i am as i want to model my own behavior right. when i want to look at my own values as i protect my flank right, right? cuz we have personal flanks we have business flanks right. and yeah, we, we have to be able to acknowledge it first and then work on it. But I think the, the, the lesson is being able to figure it out, where are you vulnerable, and then what are you going to do about the vulnerability so that you can you can protect. Because the minute you let someone come in on that flank, you're done. Right. right. That was the analogy I was using with you off air. Like how many originators, their left flank in 2020, 2021, is there was not enough purchase business. They didn't have referral sources referring them to purchase business. And now that it's 2022, that flank has been left unprotected and wide, wide open. open. Yep. They may be out of business. I mean, we, we've heard it. My, mm -hmm. One of my mentors in this business, Dave Stevens, he was recently on a national um, uh, daily vlog where he was like, yeah, a third of mortgage professionals won't be around by the end of the year. Right. So those people, in my opinion, that was mm -hmm. their left flank wasn't protected. Right. Right? Did they not notice the high ground? Did they not seek the high ground? Or when they went to seek the high ground, was it already fortified <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. by the Union Army? General Meade had his troops up there. Seats and taken. The, and, the, and, the, and the 20th Maine was protecting the left flank. <laughs> yeah. You guys were SOL if you wanted the high ground. It was already taken. Right. right? So that's a business lesson. I'm sure we can look at, look at life lessons. The point of this episode, and really every episode we do, I just want to make people think. Makes I just want to bring new ideas Hopefully you find it to be somewhat entertaining. So, so hopefully you find it to be somewhat educational, somewhat inspirational. Mm -hmm. um, in a perfect world, you, we'd hit at least three or four of those key attributes. Nice. But I think in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. I thought it was chocolate. Damn, I forgot. Life's that. like a box of chocolates. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. It made no sense because it shows you on the outside of the box the flavors. He's, that's all the time we have for today. He's Dustin Owen. I'm John Coleman. That's all the time we have for today, but we will catch you on the next episode. Peace. You think I'm going to let you get out like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't like it? I loved it. Oh, okay. But you know what you forgot to tell him? Please go follow us on Instagram, oh, yeah. Facebook, yeah. TikTok, go to the website. LinkedIn. Website. As John says, go to tloponline.com, mm -hmm. also known as the Lone Officer Podcast .com. Yeah. 
Check us out. It's free to become a freemium member. Yeah. It's a $25 monthly donation to become a premium member, but premium members get added value. They right. get more content. Yes. They get more of this in a different yeah. format. Yeah. That's also where you can find out about Stephen Marshall's event in September in Vegas. Come party with us. Come roll some dice with us. Yes, high horn yo. Come hit the high horn yo. I'll tell you all about that. <laughs> MGM trip when I was in BC because I nailed that high horn, yo. Good for you. But no, yeah, tlopponline.com. Check it out. Come see us in Vegas. Thank you to Jungo for agreeing to Thank feed you, you all. Thank you. That come to see us in Vegas. They're going to feed you lunch if you want to come and do the uh, the the No Holds Bar Town Hall meeting with me and John. But he is John Coleman. I am Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. Check us out. Subscribe, like, do all that good jazz, and keep tuning in because we'll keep doing this and catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.